filled with your spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're there in Luke chapter 9, and of course, uh, we are making our way through the gospel of Luke, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and uh, this uh, series we're calling Journey with Jesus, and we are on a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're making this uh, year the year of Jesus. We're learning about the life of Jesus, and uh, we're here in Luke chapter 9. We've been taking our time uh, with uh, the gospel of Luke. Brother David, if you could just turn me up a hair, I'm, I apologize, I just... If I can't hear myself, then it messes with me. Uh, we're, we're been taking our time going through this, and, and hopefully we're going to speed it up here uh, in a little bit. Luke chapter 9 is a long chapter, and there's a lot of interesting things. And to be very honest with you, I'm going to take some time tonight and uh, deal with just a few uh, verses that, quite honestly, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and uh, admit this to you, um, is not probably something that uh, that a pastor would normally just preach a whole sermon out of. You're there in Luke chapter 9. Um, I, I gave the wrong, the, the, the wrong verses to, to Brother Oliver, so he actually read a little more than what we're going to cover tonight, if you can believe it. Luke chapter 9 and verse 42 is where we'll begin. The Bible says, and as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. Now, I, w- I want to begin in verse 42 just, just for context. If, if you remember, uh, Jesus, we talked about this on Sunday night, he just came down off the Mount of Transfiguration. He's coming down and he meets the, this, this man whose son is, uh, has, has a devil. The, the, the disciples are, are, are unable to cast him out. The Bible says, and as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. Now, that's the context. I just want you to understand the context. Then in verse 33, the Bible says, excuse me, in verse 43, the last part of verse 43, but while they wondered every one at all these things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples. So uh, Jesus comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration. There's this demon-possessed child that the disciples cannot cast out. He cast the devil out. Everyone's amazed. They are all wondering at the things. They're, they're in wonder uh, at all the things that Jesus did. But Jesus brings them back to this idea that we saw earlier in Luke chapter 9, where if you remember, we, we also saw it in Matthew 16, uh, the parallel passage, where at this time in the ministry of Christ, Jesus is now uh, beginning to talk to the disciples about the fact that he's going to die. He's actually, as we come out of Luke chapter 9, on Sunday morning and Sunday night, I'll preach two more sermons out of Luke 9, and then we'll move on to chapter 10. And pretty much from Luke chapter 10 to the end of the book, we are just kind of on, on a journey with Jesus towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. That's the focus that the book is taking. And Jesus has now begun to talk to the disciples about the fact that he's going to die and that he's going to resurrect. Of course, on the Mount of Transfiguration, that was the conversation that he was having with Elias and with uh, Moses. And here, after he cast out this devil, while everybody, verse 43 says, while it says that they were all amazed at the mighty power of God, but while they wondered everyone uh, at all the things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, so notice he brings the attention back to this, verse 44, let these sayings sink down into your ears. He said, let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. So Jesus reminds them that uh, though they're amazed with all of these uh, wonders that he's doing, he says, look, don't forget what I told you about the fact that uh, I'm going to uh, die. And, and I, I want to 
focus in on that little phrase there, verse 44, let these sayings sink down into your ears. Notice verse 45, but they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them that they perceived not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. Then in verse 46, we begin a new subject. We'll deal with that uh, next uh, the next service on, on Sunday morning. But tonight, we're really just dealing with these, uh, with these uh, few verses here. Luke 9.43, Luke 9.44, Luke 9.45. And again, I don't know that a pastor would normally just preach out of those uh, verses, but as I was thinking about this passage and, and reading it and studying it uh, for the sermon tonight, uh, I, I, I felt that this was there, there's some truths here that we need uh, uh, to be highlighted and to be taught about. And tonight, I want to teach you and show you from this passage some biblical lessons on the importance of active listening, the importance of active listening. And there's three thoughts that I see from these verses that I'd like to uh, bring out for you. And maybe you can write these down if you're taking notes. Number one, when we're talking about active listening, the first lesson we see from this passage is that active listening requires you to be listening, right? It requires you to be actually listening. And again, look down at at our passage there, verse 44. Notice what Jesus said. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. I think that's an interesting way of putting it. I like how Jesus puts that. He says, let what I'm telling you, I want it to sink down into your ears. Now, that's a different way than you and I would say it today. If you and I were trying to get this same point across to somebody, what we would be saying is, make sure you're listening. Don't just hear me, listen to me. That's how we would say. We would say, don't just hear what I'm saying. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Here Jesus says, let these things sink down into your ears. Now, let me just give you some definitions of, of words. Because the, the way that you and I define the word hear and the way that you and I define the word listen are two different ways uh, in, in our modern vernacular. Whenever, well, let me just read this to you. The definition for the word hear is this, to perceive audibly through the ear. So hearing something is defined as using your ear to perceive audibly a sound or communication that's being made. The word listen is defined as to give attention with the ear to attend closely for the purpose of understanding. So just because you're hearing something doesn't mean you're listening to it. Hearing, you might hear something audibly, but listen means to give attention, to attend closely for the purpose of understanding. Now, I want to explain this a little bit because the word listen in your King James Bible is only used one time in the entire Bible, the word listen is used one time, and it's in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. And the reason for that is because when our King James Bible was translated over 400 years ago in 1611, the word listen was not a commonly used word. The word was in existence, but it was not something that they used. in a. It had not evolved because languages are constantly evolving. It had not evolved where you and I today, if we wanted to make the point to someone, like you're not listening we would say, hey, you, you don't just hear me, listen to what I'm saying. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want you to just hear, hear what I'm saying. I want you to actually listen. In 1611, the word listen was not used as commonly when our King James Bible was translated. So throughout the King James Bible, you'll find that the word hear is used. And whenever the point is being made that somebody wants you to listen, 
they still use the word here, but they emphasize it to make that point. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of giving you this information because you'll be, if you're looking for it, you'll be surprised how much the Bible emphasizes this idea of listening. Uh, and you say, well, I haven't seen the word listen a lot. But it's, it's used in the sense that it's emphasized in a different way. For example, Luke 9, 44, let these sayings sink down into your ears. When he's saying, I want this to sink down into your ears, he's saying, I don't want you to just hear me, I want you to listen to me. And when it comes to listening, there are a couple of things that we need to do. First, we, of course, we must listen purposefully. The difference between hearing someone and listening to someone is that listening is done on purpose. It's uh, done with giving attention, with attending closely. It's something you do in a, a, a matter of focusing in. You're there in Luke chapter 9. Flip over to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Let me give you some examples of, of how the word hear is emphasized in our King James Bible in order to make the point of what you and I would use the word listen. Because listening is hearing on purpose, is hearing with attention. And we must listen purposefully. Luke 14, are you there? Look at verse 35. Luke 14, 35. Notice what the Bible says. It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out, Okay? I'm not necessarily preaching on, 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 that, on that verse and, and the truth of that verse, but I want you to notice what Jesus says after he makes that statement. I just want you to notice this phrase, and you might recognize that you've seen this throughout the Bible. He says this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now you say, what does that mean, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear? What he means when Jesus says that, and that's a phrase that's used throughout the Bible, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. What he means by that is, look, he that hath ears to hear, or just because you can physically hear something, does not mean that you're listening. So here, Jesus is giving this truth, and then he says, look, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. What is he saying? He's saying, don't just hear me, I want you to listen to me. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, look at verse 18. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Notice how it's worded here. Because if you're looking for a Bible verse on listening, active listening, you're probably not, you're not going to find one because the, the, the word listen is only used one time in our King James Bible. But what you'll find is the word hear being emphasized with the idea of listening. We saw it there in, in Luke chapter 14. He that hath hears to hear, let him hear. Look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. We've actually already covered this in our Luke series, but I, I want you to just notice the first part of the verse. Luke chapter 8, 18. Notice what the Bible says. Take heed. Now, what does the word heed mean? It means to pay attention, to, to pay attention to something. He says, take heed, therefore, notice a little phrase, how ye hear. So notice he says, I want you to pay attention to how you hear. What is he referring to? He's referring to listening, to attentive listening. Here's a question for you. How do you hear? When you hear, some of you are like, I don't hear very well, actually. I'm getting old. That's not, we're not talking about physically hearing. But when he says, he says, take heed therefore how you hear, he's talking about how do you listen? Do you listen? Active listening. When we talk about listening, you must listen purposefully. Now, let me just quickly just give you just a real quick, just kind of at the beginning of the sermon, just almost in a way of introduction, about practically speaking in everyday life, you know, you should be listening. Look, you kids, when, you go to, when you're at school and it's school time and your mother's teaching you or your teacher's teaching, you need to be listening, active listening. At work, men, go to work 
and make sure you're listening and you're paying attention. Look, you need to be listening uh, uh, in, in life. We need to learn. He that adheres to hear, let him hear. You know, I have, I, one, of, one of the things that I think all of us have probably uh, experienced is when you're talking to somebody and they're not listening. They're hearing you, but they're not listening. It's frustrating, you know? It's like, especially if it's after lunch and it's like their eyes are glazed over because they had a meal high in carbs or something. And it's like, you know, it's like, hello, you know, the lights are on, but nobody's home, you know? And it's, 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 it's frustrating when you're talking to somebody and they're not listening. We need to learn to be people who listen. And let me just give you some practical things in regards to listening, okay? When somebody's speaking to you, you ought to be attentive to them. Say, so what does that mean? It means you ought to face the person who's speaking to you. It means you should make eye contact. It means you shouldn't be looking at other things like your phone or your watch while somebody's talking to you. That's rude. You know, you should ask questions, open-ended questions, probing questions. If you're not understanding something, don't just sit there and like, it's just going over your head. Ask questions. Make sure you understand by requesting clarification, by paraphrasing or, or, or summarizing. Uh, you know, make sure that you are, are, are speaking. This is good stuff for school, for work, for just life in general. Hey, for marriage, men, you know, you don't understand why your wife is so frustrated at you because every time, the whole time she's talking to you, you're, you're on your phone. I'm listening. No, you're not. That's not listening. Listening is giving somebody the respect to face them, look them in the eye, and conversate with them, understand what they're saying. Let these words sink down into your ears. You know, actually listen. But let me just say this. What about, you know, that's practically speaking. How about, you know, in your, in your everyday life, but how about practically speaking at church? When it comes to church, how do you hear? Go to Acts real quickly, Acts 17. You're there in Luke. Pass John into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17. Because the question is this, how do you hear? Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear, is what Jesus said. We ought to be actively listening. And you know what's one place that you should be actively listening? is church. Amen. Acts 17 and verse 10, notice what the Bible says. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming hither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Look at verse 11. These, referring to the Bereans, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. So remember, Paul and Silas just left Thessalonica, are now in Berea. So now we're getting a comparison between the Bereans and the Thessalonians. In verse 11, we're told these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Notice, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Say, what does that mean? That means they were listening. They were ready. They came to church. The Apostle Paul is preaching the word of God to them. And the Bible says that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Readiness speaks to the fact that they prepared themselves. They prepared their hearts to hear the message from the word of God, to hear the message from the man of God. They received the word, notice, with all readiness of mind. Their minds were attentive. Their minds were not off somewhere else. They weren't daydreaming. They think about other things. They were actively listening. And if there's anywhere you're going to be listening actively, I mean, you should be listening actively all the time. But if there's anywhere you should be actively listening, it's church. So number one, active listening requires you to be listening, to actually be listening, to purposefully, practically uh, be listening. Now, you might be sitting here this morning, thinking, or this evening, excuse me, thinking to yourself, 
I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might be thinking to yourself, you know, do we really need an entire sermon on listening, Pastor? Come on. We're not kindergartners here. Do we really need a whole sermon on listening? Well, you know, my response to that, you know, you're, you're kind of taking your time through this Gospel of Luke. You're going to cover three verses, and you're going to preach a whole sermon on, on listening. Do you really think we need a whole sermon on listening? Well, let me tell you something. At Verity Baptist Church, which I believe Verity Baptist Church is the greatest church ever. I, I believe that the, God has given us the greatest people. I believe you are the greatest people uh, in this world. And, and, and I, honestly, I honestly think that. But, but even in a church like this, do you know that people don't listen? I mean, literally, at every service at Verity Baptist Church, at any given time, you can walk out that door, and you can walk out that door and find our church people, good Christian, godly church people, people that I love during the preaching service, out there engaged in full-blown conversations during the preaching. I mean, just fellowshipping during the preaching. So, so yeah, I think we need a sermon on active listening. You know, at Verity Baptist Church, you can, you can, you know, and, and you say, Pastor, how do you know that? How do you know people are, are, are just fellowshipping and talking to your preaching? Look, I'm a man of God, and the Holy Spirit revealed to me. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, but there's cameras all over this building. So maybe that should let you in on a little secret. You know, smile, you're on candid camera. You know, now we don't have cameras in the mother-baby rooms. But you know what I know? Is that we've got ladies in these mother-baby rooms who are yapping it up the entire service, talking through the preaching. You say, you don't have cameras in there, how do you know? You can hear them, because they have to talk pretty loud over the children. So you just walk by the door and they're like, playing Monopoly or whatever they're doing in there. I'm just saying, when you walk out of these, you know, I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, what's that? You walk out that door, walk out the door, and there's literally good, godly Christian people that we, I love, and they're just out there just not listening. Moms in the mother-baby rooms, not listening. And those are people that aren't even serving. How about the ones that are serving? God bless you. You know, our, our ushers and our safety team, I love you guys. God bless you. I appreciate everything you do. But listen to me. No time in your training, ushers and safety team, did we ever explain to you that part of your ministry was being outside of the church building talking during the preaching. I mean, if you're standing guard out there, praise God, I appreciate that. But, you know, we put a speaker out there right next to where you stand for a reason. Because you're supposed to be listening as you stand guard. If you're in the camera room, there's a monitor in there uh, for a reason. Because you're supposed to be listening as you're watching and protecting. You're supposed to be listening. Ushers, God bless you. I love you. I appreciate everything you do uh, for our church. But never in your training did we tell you that going on a Starbucks coffee run during the preaching service was part of your ministry. We never trained you on that. I understand you got to take the offering and have it secure in, in our safety room, and I understand that, and I appreciate that, but we never asked you to, s- to spend 20 minutes in the safety room fellowshipping after the offering either. I'm just, I'm just saying, you say, Pastor, are you upset? I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm just, I'm just explaining, because some of you are rolling your eyes like, do we really need a whole sermon on listening? Yes, we do. Yeah. need a whole sermon on listening, maybe a series 
on, on the subject of, of listening, active listening. You say, what is listening? Listening requires you to be, here we go, this is why you come to church, to get these heavy truths, requires you to be listening purposefully. Listen purposefully, on purpose. Listen. Let these words sink down into your ears. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. But let me say this. Not only should you be listening purposefully, go to Revelation if you would. Revelation chapter 2, last book in the book of Revelation. Look, I'm not mad at you, all right? If you were out there talking, well, I'm not mad at you. I'm just doing my job. This is my job to teach you and help you. You say, why do you care so much? Because if you listen to the preaching of the Word of God, it might help you. It might solve a lot of problems for you. If you actually listened, if you actually paid attention, if you actually allowed these words to sink down into your ears... So we must listen purposefully, but let me say this, we must listen spiritually. You say, what does that mean? Well, you do understand the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak to you through His Word? God wants to speak to you through the Word of God. And you say, how does God do that? He does it through His Word in your personal devotional time, which is why you need to have a personal devotional time where you spend time in the Word of God every day. And he does it through the preaching of the Word of God. You're there in Revelation 2. Look at verse 29. Notice notice the emphasis. He that hath an ear. Notice what Jesus says in Revelation. He that hath an ear. What does that mean? The person that is physically able has the physical ability to hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Listen. He that hath an ear, let him hear. What should we be hearing for? What should I be hearing for during the preaching of the Word of God. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You know, while the preaching of... Look, I'm not special. I'm a sinner just like you. But you know, when a man of God stands up with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak to you. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Look at Revelation 3 and verse 6. Revelation 3, 6. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith Unto the churches. Look at Revelation 3 and verse 13. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelation 3, verse 22. He that hath an ear, notice he, this is emphasized. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you through His Word spiritually. You see, you ought to be listening purposefully and you ought to be listening spiritually for God to speak to your Heart. Go to Acts 17. Acts chapter 17. I, we already went to Acts. I, I meant to have you uh, keep your place there, and I don't think I asked you to do that. But please uh, keep your place in Acts. We're going to leave it and come back. But go to Acts 17. And, and look, let me, let me just read a verse to you while you turn there. 2 Peter 1.3. You, you go to Acts 17. I'll read 2 Peter 1.3. According as his divine power hath he given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Do you know the Bible says that God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness? And you say, how has God done that? He's done that through His Word. If you come to a church like Verity Baptist Church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for weeks or months or years, I promise you that we're going to give you, by the grace of God, all things that you need that pertain unto life and godliness. 
everything you need to know because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and you should be listening purposefully and you should be listening spiritually. You should be listening to the Holy Spirit through His Word. But let me give you something else. Not only should you be listening to the Holy Spirit through His Word, you should be listening through the, to the Holy Spirit through His stirring. Now this is where, you know, I'm not trying to get charismatic on you and, I, and we're not going to. But I do believe that God can speak to us through the stirring of the Spirit. Now, let me, let me just be clear. I'm not talking about God audibly speaking to you, all right? If God is audibly speaking to you, you need to see a professional because God is not speaking to you. God is not, he's not ever going to speak to you audibly. If he did, then we would have to write that in the Word of God. You understand? And God said that he's done. He says, don't add to these words, don't remove from these words. So when we talk about God speaking to you, don't turn, because people want to make up all this stuff, and they, well, you know, and, and God's time to do all these things. Why are you getting a divorce? Well, God told me that. No, God didn't tell you that. You, you told yourself that, or the devil told you that, or, or somebody else, you Googled it. <laughs> you, you're just trying to find someone to give you the advice you need. Acts 17, look at verse 16. Acts 17, 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, here's what I want you to notice. His spirit was stirred in him. Some of you have never felt that before. It's because you're not listening spiritually. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he, was, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Now, did God speak to him audibly? No. God spoke audibly to Paul at different times. But here, God didn't say anything to Paul, but his spirit was stirred in him. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, look at Acts 18 and verse 5. Notice what the Bible says, Acts 18 and verse 5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul, notice these words, was pressed in his spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. I'm just here to tell you something. If you start listening purposefully during the preaching of the Word of God, you might find that God begins to speak to you spiritually. During the preaching, your heart might actually stir. Your spirit might actually be pressed. You might actually have God begin to do a work inside of you that you may have never heard if you're just not paying attention. You know, and, and look, we, we, we got all the people everywhere, you know, not paying attention. But even in this auditorium, even in this auditorium, while the preaching is going on, there are people who are just talking and messing around, just on their phones, not paying attention. And, and my question to you is, why are you here? Why? Now, I don't want you to leave, but I'm just asking you, why did you come? You came to church to just be on your phone? The whole time? You know, well, I'm watching, you know, the game's on. Well, then go watch the game if that's your God. Look, if, if you're at church, pay attention. Because God, God's trying to speak to you spiritually. And some of you have never even felt the stirring of the Spirit of God, which is why you don't, you're not, you're, you say, I don't understand why I'm not motivated to go slowing. Maybe because you've never felt the stirring of, of God. Maybe because you're not paying attention. You're never convicted about anything. Nothing ever changes. You're just always the same because you're not paying attention. Pay attention. 
You ought to listen purposefully. You ought to listen spiritually. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You don't, you keep your place there in, in, in Acts, if you would. You don't have to turn to, go, go back to Luke. You don't have to turn to Nehemiah. Let me just read a couple of verses from Nehemiah. Keep your place in Acts. Go back to Luke 9, if you would. And let me read to you a couple of verses from Nehemiah. Nehemiah 2.12. Here's what Nehemiah said. And I rose in the night, and some few men with me, neither told I any man, listen to this, what my God hath put in my heart to do. Nehemiah 7 and verse 5, he said, and my God put into mine heart to, and he goes on and tells the things that he feels God is having him do. I'm just here to tell you something. God does not speak audibly. God is not going to speak audibly to you. He's going to speak to you through his word. He's going to speak to you through the reading of the word of God and through the preaching of the word of God. But you better believe that God wants to speak to you. And sometimes God's going to lay things on your heart. He's going to put a burden on your heart. He's going to stir you spiritually. And he's going to press upon your spirit. And if you've never felt that, you're not listening. You're not listening because here's what I know. God wants to speak to you. So when it comes to listening, what do we need? Number one, we need active listening. Active listening requires you to be listening. Remember the words of Jesus? Let these sayings sink down into your ears. But let me say this, number two. Number two, by the way, one of the reasons that I often am encouraging everyone to take notes in the preaching is because I, 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 I'm hoping it helps you listen. Amen. I'm hoping it helps you stay engaged. You're writing notes. You're listening. By the way, you can use it as a tool to help others and disciple others, especially you guys that want to preach. I'll be honest with you. You know, one of the things that I did growing up to learn how to preach, when I was 16 years old, I got a little notebook, and I just decided at 16, I don't even know why I decided, I just decided at 16 years old, I was going to take notes at every church service that I went to, and I had, I had from 16 to uh, many years later, I had all these notebooks of, of, of sermon notes that I'd taken uh, through the years, and one of the greatest things that helped me learn how to outline and write a sermon was just taking notes when other people preached. And sometimes I, I took really good notes. I'm like, wow, that was really well-structured. Other times I was just kind of like, mm. I got the verse reference and then nothing else. You know, it's like, so especially you guys don't want to preach, you know, I would encourage you to take notes. Amen. You might learn something too. Number one, active listening requires you to be listening. But number two, not only does active listening require you to be listening, but active listening also requires you to be understanding. Understanding. Because remember, in Luke 9.44, he said, let these sayings sink down into your ears. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He said, uh, listen to what I'm saying. But then in verse 45, we read this, but they understood not. They understood not this saying. And it was hid from them that they perceived it not. They did not understand what Jesus was telling them and therefore, they were not actively listening. Because look, if somebody's speaking to you and you're like, I don't understand what they said, then you're not listening. Because if you're listening, you're going to try to understand. You say, well, what if it's not my fault? We'll talk about that on step three. But let me just say this. If you walk away from a conversation and you don't understand, you failed in listening. And look, as far as preaching, I don't know what to tell you. We try to make it as clear as possible. I mean, we, I try to speak clearly. We give you just clear outlines, oftentimes alliterated outlines. I mean, I don't know what else to do. But you need to, you, you say, what should I be doing when I'm at church? You should be listening and you should be seeking to understand. Amen. Go to Mark chapter 4. 
If you're there in Luke, just go backwards to Mark, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. Mark 4, 23, the Bible says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Right? That, that phrase comes up a lot throughout the Bible. If any man have ears to hear, can physically hear, let him hear. He's saying, listen. Make sure you're listening. We've already made that point. Look at verse 24. And he said unto them, notice what Jesus said. Because remember, we saw earlier that he said, take heed how ye hear. Here he says, Mark 4, 24, and he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. Say, what does that mean? That means you need to be paying attention to what you're listening to. What you hear. Pay attention to what ye hear. Pay attention to not just how you hear. How you hear is the fact that you're not distracted. You're not just messing around on your phone. You're not just out there having some conversation. You're not just daydreaming about. How you hear is that you're actively, purposely, attentively listening. But then what you hear is that you're understanding what's being said. That you're understanding. Look, you ought to seek to understand. You say, why? Because you should know what you believe. You should know what you believe. You know, we believe some very peculiar things at Verity Baptist Church because being a Bible-believing Christian is going to make you peculiar. Yeah. You know, when the world asks you a question, when the world asks you, well, why do you dress that way? Why do you not drink that? Why do you not watch that? Why do you not go there? Why do you homeschool? Or why do you do that? Why do you not do that? Why do you guys go door knocking? Why? Look, when, when the world asks you these questions, why? Your answer ought not be, well, I don't know, that's just what my pastor said to do. Wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. You should know what you believe. You should know what you believe and why you do what you do. You don't have to turn here. Let me just read this for you. First Peter 3.15, the Bible says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You need to be ready always to give an answer. Now, look, I'm not telling you that you need to know the answer to every question. Nobody's going to know the answer to every biblical question. But you need to understand why we do what we do. Why? And by the way, you parents, make sure that you're not just tra- that your, your training of your children is not just do it because I said so. Now, look, there's a time for that. And obviously, when your children are very young and they can't understand, they need to just obey because you said so. And sometimes even when they're older, there are instances when it's just like, because I said so, that's why. But, you know, as they get older, we should also be transitioning to, no, here, son, let me explain to you why we don't do that. Here, here daughter, let me explain to you why we don't believe that. And give them a verse. Give them a biblical principle. Teach them what, help them understand. So they don't turn 18 years old and they leave and say, oh, I was in a cult. They made me dress a certain way, and they didn't let me watch certain movies, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that. I hope, I hope you're not letting them watch certain movies. I hope you're making them dress a certain way. But make sure they understand why. See, active listening requires you to actually be listening. But active listening also requires you to understand. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason that, of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You should know why you believe what you believe. 
You should know what you believe and why you believe it, why you're doing it. You should seek to know these things. Number three, go back to Luke chapter 9 if you would. I'm not sure if you're there. I think you might be there, Luke 9.45. I said, number one, active listening requires you to be listening. Number two, active listening requires you to be understanding. And then here's number three. Because you might say, well, what? What if I am actively listening and the person speaking to me is a poor communicator? You know? And look, if that's the case, my heart goes out to you because that's one of my pet peeves. Poor communication is one of my pet peeves. So you wives, because the, the vast majority of men are bad communicators. You know, you say, are you going to say that in a room full of men? They're not listening, so. <laughs> but the vast majority of men are bad communicators. I communicate for a living, so I've developed, you know, if, I tend to over-communicate. And, and look, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. So I get it, ladies. My heart goes out to you. Your husband sucks. I get it. <laughs> but you married him, all right? So love him, respect him, whatever. Um, but, you know, if, if it's that they're a poor... You say, I am listening. I am trying to understand. But there's a disconnect in the communication. Well, here's the third part to active listening. Number one, be listening. Number two, be understanding. But number two, number three, active listening requires you to be clarifying. Notice verse 45. And this is why I'm frustrated, because these disciples, they're just the typical guy. You know, I can understand Jesus' frustration. Because he's trying to tell them something, right? They're all excited, like, woo! He, put, he took the demon out. And Jesus is like, hey, hey, don't get sidetracked. Remember what we were talking about? Remember what we were talking about? They're like, is it lunchtime? They're like, no, no, no. Let these words sink down into your ears. Verse 45, But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them, and they perceived it not. Okay, that happens. But notice, typical guys, and they feared to ask him of that saying. They're like, they're like, do you know what he's talking about? No. Should we ask him? No, it's lunchtime, man. <laughs> they didn't want to ask. They feared to ask him of that saying. You know, active listening requires clarifying. Amen. If somebody's saying something that doesn't make sense, it requires clarifying. Ask our staff guys. Sometimes they say stuff to me, and I'm just like, it's like 20 questions. I'm just like asking question, follow-up question after follow-up question, because I'm like, I'm going to get you to communicate this to me, whether you like it or not. You're going to communicate. I'm going to make you ask me the question. I'm looking for you to ask. Go to Acts 17. Acts 17. Look, ask questions. It requires clarifying. Acts 17. Now, spiritually, you know, there's a few things you could do. Number one, you say, you say if, if I just don't understand, I don't understand something. Pastor preached a sermon, and I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand what, what he was saying or why he said that. What should I do? Oh, I know. I'll just leave mad. And then just talk crap about him on Facebook, right? That's what a lot of people do. That's not what you should do. You should, you say, what should I do? Well, no, number one, you should search the scriptures. Because maybe you just don't like what's being said from the word of God. Remember our friends, the Bereans, Acts 17, 11? These were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They're active listeners, but notice... 
What about when they had a question? And searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. See, these people, they were not only active listening, they were trying to understand, and they were clarifying. They were saying, okay, Paul, it sounds like what Paul was saying was X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Now, it wasn't in a, with a negative attitude. Because remember, the Bible already told us that they, were, uh, they received the word with all readiness of mind. They were ready to receive the word. So they weren't sitting in the pew just trying to find out what the pastor said that was wrong so I can ask him about it. That wasn't their attitude, but they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They didn't just take it. Look, we're not a cult. Don't just, well, pastor said it, so there you go. No, no, you search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. It shouldn't be that hard if you're listening, because pretty much everything we say from this pulpit, we, we prove from the word of God. I mean, we just take you to a verse and prove it, verse, prove it. So search the scriptures. But, you know, you can also ask questions. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, look at verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And I'm not preaching on this, but we're here, so let me just go ahead and say this. Women are not supposed to speak during the preaching. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. And, and the teaching here and the context within Scripture is in reference to teaching the, the Word of God. That's why we don't have women preachers. That's why we're against Joyce Myers. We're against all of that. You know, the, Paul said, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man. So the Bible says that it is the men who are supposed to stand up and preach the word of God, and women are supposed to learn in silence. Now, I, I want to make that clear that it's in reference to the teaching, because I don't believe the Bible says, like, well, as soon as you walk in the church building, ladies, you can't say anything. How are you doing? You know, it's like, look, you can, you can say hello, you can sing, you can even raise your hand on Sunday nights, and if you get picked on and say, you know, I'd like to sing page number 145, nothing wrong with that. But when the preaching begins, the Bible says you're supposed to be quiet, which means you're not supposed to stand up and, and, and preach, but it also means this, that you're not supposed to be saying amen. Because amen, saying amen or expressing yourself during the preaching is part of the teaching and preaching. Because when I get up here and say, hey, no homos ever, you know, that when the men say amen, you know, half the time they're asleep, so that's the problem. But when the men say amen, then that, that lets everyone know, like, oh, okay, he's not crazy. Everybody else agrees. But women are not supposed to be engaging in that. Women are supposed to learn in silence. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Notice verse 35. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. So here the Bible says, look, ladies, if you have a question, ask your husband at home. And, you know, obviously if you're a widow or whatever, you know, and you don't have a husband, then, of course, my wife's available. I'm available. You know, obviously you can use common sense with these things. But here God said, hey, ladies, you should... You should uh, you should be able to ask your husband. And by the way, husbands, this is why you need to be reading the Bible. 
You say, well, this is a verse about ladies asking questions. How about a verse about men asking questions? Well, actually, this is a verse about ladies and men asking questions. Because you know what happens is, wife goes to husband and says, what about this Daniel 70th week thing? And husband's like, I'll get back to you. And then he comes and asks pastor, and pastor says, here's what you need to say to your wife. And then he goes back and like, well, honey, you know, the Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> I was reading in my Bible this morning, and, and that's fine. Praise God. If they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. So look, you should search the scriptures. If you can't figure it out, you can ask questions. But look, you should always be seeking counsel. Amen. Seeking counsel. Go to Proverbs real quickly. Proverbs chapter 18. If you open your Bible, just right in the center, you're more than likely to find the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you have the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. Seek counsel. Proverbs 18, verse 1. Proverbs 18, verse 1. Proverbs 18, 1 says, Through desire a man having separated himself. Notice these words. I love these words. Seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. You know what a wise person does? They seek wisdom. They intermeddle with wisdom. Now look at verse 2. A fool hath no delight in understanding. A wise person seeking counsel, seeking wisdom. A fool, they don't care about understanding. They don't want to learn. Notice, but that his heart may discover itself. You know what a fool does? He asks himself. That his heart may discover itself. Isn't that what it says? When fools need to make decisions, you know what they do? They just ask themselves. What does a wise person do? They ask others. They seek wise counsel. They ask people that are mature. They ask people that are wise. They ask people that are spiritual. A fool, and you say, well, what's wrong with asking yourself? Here's what's wrong with asking yourself is that you only know what you know. By the way, that's why I am always, you know, encouraging people to be avid readers. Obviously of the Word of God, number one, but you should be reading other books, you know, whatever, whatever your interests are, whatever your uh, career is, you should be learning. You say, why? Because you only know what you know. And the only way to know more is to learn, to seek counsel, to listen to other, to learn from other people. Go to Proverbs chapter 12, look at verse 15. Proverbs 12, 15. I mean, look, it, people are wise who seek out. Just recently, somebody came to me and they, they said, here's a situation, what do we do? And in my mind, I'm like, you're a smart person. Not because they're asking me, but just because they're asking. Because they're seeking counsel. Because they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, it's always amazing to me how people, and look, if this is you, I'm not against you, you, you know, don't, I'm not trying to deter you, okay? But it's always funny to me how people will come to me and my wife with their mess after they've already made the mess. They're like, well, here's what I did. And I'm thinking to myself like, you know, they're like, six months ago I made this decision, a year ago I made this decision, two years ago I made this decision, here's the mess, pastor, fix it. And I'm thinking to myself like, why didn't you come to me a year ago? Because if you'd have asked me before, I would have said, no, don't do it. You know, and look, bring me your mess. We'll help you. Bring, bring us your mess, all right? But I'm just saying, sometimes you could avoid the mess by just asking. 
And it's always funny to me how people, they want to ask everybody except the pastor. They want to ask everybody except the pastor's wife. I'm not, it's like they have this insecurity, this envy. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to sound proud and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but I want you to understand something. Pastors and pastor's wives, because of their job, have a, when they've been doing this for years, they just, they're not smarter than you are. They've just gained a lot of experience Amen. because they deal with a lot. And I always think it's funny when people in church, they have to make all these decisions about education, decisions with their children. They're like, well, I'm going to ask all the ladies except the pastor's wife, which is like the person who probably has the most experience dealing with all sorts of different issues and different problems, except for the pastor who's literally, obviously we're never going to tell you people's, but we can learn from other people's experiences and say, hey, no, I know you, that looks right, but here, X, Y, and Z is why you don't want to do that. And they're like, wow, I would have never thought about it. Well, I would have never thought about it either, but I had to deal with that mess. He said, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. God gave you a pastor. God gave you a pastor's wife. Quit this whole insecurity. Like people, it's, it's like people are against us sometimes because like, you're an authority. I'm just going to be a rebel. So you're going to ask that, you know. So I'm going to ask so-and-so for marriage advice. And I'm thinking to myself, if you, if you were the pastor, you'd know that's not the person you want to be asking for marriage advice. But since you didn't ask, you know what wise people do? They ask. You know what wise people do? They say, hey, pastor, I don't know if you know this, but I just thought you might want to know. In case you don't, what do you think about? Make your mess. Go ahead. Proverbs 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. By the way, here's another reason why you want to go to your pastor and your pastor's wife for counsel. Because not only after 12 years of ministry have they dealt with a lot of people's mess, but you know, every once in a while when we don't know what to do, you know what we get to do? We get to call other pastors. And now we're talking to like seven other guys with like 170 years of experience collectively, and we're just like, what would you do in this situation? And that's just something you're not going to get in the mother-baby room. I'm sorry to tell you. That's just not something you're going to get fellowshipping in the parking lot when you should be preaching under the preaching of the Word of God. Proverbs 19, look at verse 20. Hear counsel. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. So what is active listening? Go back to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I did it. I preached 50 minutes out of three verses. And everyone's offended. Praise God. Luke 9. We're talking about active listening. How do you do it? Active listening requires you to be listening. To be purposefully, spiritually listening. Not messing around during the preaching. Not on your phone. Not talking. Not, but you say, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be like a Berean. I'm going to be a Berean Baptist. I prepared my heart. I prepared my mind. With all readiness of mind, they receive the word with all readiness of mind. And I'm going to try to understand. And when I don't understand, I'm going to ask questions. Amen. I'm going to search the scriptures daily, whether those things are so. I'm going to ask for counsel when I need advice. Luke 9:43, And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. That's our context. 
But while they wondered everyone at all, the, at all things which Jesus did, he said unto them, Let these things sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying, and it was said, and it was hid from them, and they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying. And let me just end by saying this. Here's the funny thing about the disciples is that from Luke 9 on till we get to the cross, Jesus the entire time, he's not dropping subtle hints. I mean, Jesus is over-communicating. I'm going to die, and I'm going to resurrect. I'm going to be crucified, and three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. I don't think you guys are listening. I'm going to die. And they're just like, huh? Huh? You say, how do you know that? Here's how we know that. Because when Jesus dies, you know what happens to the disciples? They're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. When Jesus dies for those three days, they're running around like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's funny because Pilate Pilate said, hey, remember he said he was going to rise from the dead? Maybe we should put some soldiers there just in case the disciples, the disciples aren't coming to steal anybody. They don't even know what's going on. Because they're not listening. You know what's funny? Oftentimes, and I'm not trying to mock you, but oftentimes people have things happen in their lives and they start running around like a chicken with their head cut off. What are we going to do? And I'm thinking to myself, man, if you would have been listening, we actually just talked about that like three weeks ago. You obviously weren't listening. You should have been listening. You know who you hurt when you don't listen to the Word of God? Yourself. So listen, come to church ready to hear the word of God. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Let these sayings sink down into your ears. Listen, let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for these three verses and these thoughts on active listening. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be people who would listen. And Lord, I know sometimes we don't get it all, and sometimes it goes over our head. I, I understand that. But I pray you'd help us to listen. I pray all the kids in church would learn to listen during the preaching. I understand little kids need to be distracted. I, I get that. I, I just pray you'd help us to learn to listen, to be active listeners, to, to listen on purpose and listen uh, spiritually to, uh, to, to seek to understand and and, and when we don't understand, to search the scriptures and ask questions and, and always, always seek counsel. Lord, I pray you'd help us to learn to be active listeners. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Whenever the Moses come up and lead us in a final song, I uh, just wanted to remind you, uh, of course, we have